What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. I am Rob Stats Guerrero. She is Michelle Magic from the NFL Network and Ball Blast Football. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. Coming off a fun Thursday night football game, which I'm sure you enjoyed very much to see the Cardinals finally lose a game this season. They didn't look good, in my opinion, whatsoever. I agree with you. Kyler had one of his worst games of the season, I thought. Had no touchdowns, a couple interceptions. Obviously, the one at the end of the game, I don't put on him at all. But he still didn't look his best. And yeah, I root for chaos in the NFC. Look, we're two and four. I need everybody to lose. And you know what? Like I said before last game, like it was a much needed win game. You needed to beat the Colts. But at the same time, the NFC conference, it's either you're amazing or you're not very good. And there is still a ton of room to work this year and get grab a wild card spot. It's pretty crazy. And you have some teams playing each other this week, or you have the Saints, you know, a hard matchup against Tampa Bay. So there's still plenty of time for the 49ers to figure this thing out and grab that last wild card spot. Before we get started here, I always want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always say if you leave a re- a review, we will read it on the show, which brings me to this from Trey Area, who says the title is Anger, Truth, and Humor. It says Rob and Levin are great. They put forth emotions that I, as a fan, have felt all season watching the Niners, especially the past four games. Their analysis is great. And again, I dig the emotions slash anger they bring to the table. The way it's conveyed at times is also hilarious to me because let's face it, we all need a little humor in our lives this season. Thank you very much, Trey Area. We will continue to hopefully provide that for you. Maybe a little less anger, but I have to say, Michelle, in terms of anger, you're the one who is angry this week because you have been just pounding my DMs with messages about how Kyle Shanahan is terrible, how he needs to go. You have turned me into the Kyle Shanahan apologist. I never said he has to go, but how many times can you let this guy just keep losing? I mean, he can't, he's had one winning season. He needs to produce some more quality games than just having that 2019 year. I think he is a better offensive coordinator than head coach but at the same time his offensive play calling last game drove me crazy I mean Elijah Mitchell looked so good feed him more it was working and then also why are you passing five feet down the field non-stop the cold <laughs> secondary was depleted they had so many injuries like challenge them go deep and the finally the second to last drive they do that a bunch of times and guess what it works like i know it was raining but yes saw carson wentz was able to do it i mean at least get flags out of it that was a ridiculous game plan that you should have beat the colts they were a very easy easily beatable team like the colts are fine they're they're a solid team but you could have beat them and it was just terrible game plan It was just a mash of everything. The game plan, I think, could have been much better. I agree with you that, like, I don't know if Kyle, like, did he not see Xavier Rhodes limping around out there on the field? Like, once you see that, somebody's got to tell him if Kyle doesn't see it and be like, hey, you know what? Let's run Debo on a double move on Rhodes or Ayuk or somebody, right? Like, just test it a little bit. So that was the frustrating thing, too. I will say one mistake I made after the game. I had said that, you know, the Niners did a great job on the first drive using the the play action bootleg and that they didn't go back to that until that other touchdown drive in the fourth quarter. That's not true. They actually did go back to it. 
at least three other times during the game. It just wasn't complete in any of those times, but it's not like Kyle forgot about it. So that was at least encouraging. But like you said, at some point, it's not just about what you tried to do. It has to be about what you actually did do. And the 49ers have not been doing much winning in the Kyle Shanahan era. Devo Samuel had 11 targets in that in that game. Not a single other wide receiver or running back had more than two. Yeah, that's, that's a not a winning formula. You can't have one guy. You can't only pass to one guy. The team knew exactly, the Colts knew exactly where that ball was going on that interception. They knew. And I remember the three guys being closer and hitting him. You said he should have caught it. I still think Xavier Rhodes made a fantastic play. Most wide receivers don't catch that. And the reason why it was an interception, because normally it would have just been an incomplete pass, right? The reason why it was an interception is because two guys were right there ready for Devo to catch that ball because every single person in the universe watching that game knew where that ball was going to. And that's not a winning formula whatsoever. I cannot argue that the Niners aren't doing a good enough job of spreading the ball around. They absolutely are not. They still have good players on this team and they need to start using them. I'm tired of watching this team play with one hand tied behind their back all year long, Michelle. And why is your Michael Hasty getting six targets? Like, I'm sorry. Hasty's should not be the receiving back. Elijah Mitchell is better in space. Uh, he can catch a ball. Like, utilize him more. I've been like super impressed with Elijah Mitchell. He should have got more carries last game. He was killing it. And I just, I feel like anytime something's working, Kyle's like, let's figure out something else just for funsies. Like, I don't, I don't like winning. <laughs> like, well, wait, we need a different game plan. <laughs> I actually heard Matt Mayoko, one of the, like the godfather of 49ers beat writers, make a really, really good point on the radio this week. And his point was like Kyle Shanahan's like claim to fame is he's very good at setting a defense up using one thing. And then when they adjust, switching it up and doing something different and getting a big chunk play. And what Matt Mayoko said was Kyle is switching things up too early. He's not mm -hmm. establishing that first play enough with the defense so that they overcommit to stopping it. So then when he, when Kyle does make that adjustment, the defense isn't out of position like they normally would be. So that, goes to exactly what you're saying like hey if something's working just keep doing it yeah i felt like if he wanted to establish a run to then you know make passing easier for jimmy garoppolo and be able to take shots down the field that is fine but there was never a point in the game where i was like "Ooh, they need to stop running with elijah mitchell it was working at first and now it's not it's like right keep going until you see them stop it and then you know put another I don't know he just he drives me crazy he really does and the way he puts guys in the doghouse it's it's just ridiculous I mean guys drop balls like guys have you issues you said the more you watch him the less you like him is that what yes. you told me <laughs> yes the more I'm paying attention to the 49ers and watching every game uh, I, I used to think he was a pretty solid head coach and that he's just had issues with you know players staying healthy and and quarterbacks staying healthy but at some point, you just got to win. I mean, I told you, like, Mike Tomlin had a season with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges as his starting quarterbacks, and he still went 8-8. Eight and eight. He still made many games, even the games they lost, very close and competitive, and he had a great defense, yes, but Kyle Shanahan has a great defense. Well, the secondary has been weak. But overall, this year, they've been a pretty solid defense. You got to win some games. Like, the excuses are you can't just keep making them week after week, week after week, season after season. Yeah, this is a half decade we're going. It's going to be a half decade with Kyle Shanahan as the head coach. Like, you get some benefit of the doubt for sure, 
but at some point, like it's a, it's a results driven business, man. And it's a pass fail business. You either do or do not. There is no try. And yes, I'm quoting Yoda on the podcast, but <laughs> it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, I still think he's a good coach. I still think if Kyle Shanahan were fired, he would get a job immediately as a coach in the NFL. I really do. I just, it's so hard sometimes to be on that branch, right? To tell people outside the 49ers bubble like you, like, no, he really is good and, and this can work and he's doing the right things. And and you're all looking at me like, dude, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. Just look at what's happening on the field. Well, because you sent me an article, right? Saying Kyle Shanahan's game plan was fine if it was just executed perfectly. If this guy <laughs> didn't drop this ball, it's like no game plan is executed perfectly. There are some teams that have some perfect games, you know, that it, it just all clicks. That's fine. But most games, there's going to be drops. There's going to be errors. That's an NFL football game. Like those things are going to happen. You still need to figure out ways to win when your players aren't absolutely perfect. It just, I can you, I was telling Kate, my wife, can you imagine Deontay Johnson, our, one of our favorite wide receivers for the Steelers, if you don't know him, he dropped, he had the most drops in the league last year. Can you imagine him on the 49ers? He would never be allowed to run another route because Kyle Shanahan doesn't allow errors to happen. Unless your name is Debo Samuel, then you're allowed to drop a ball, but anyone else makes an error and they're just done like for their entire career. I don't <laughs> understand. I think, well, I think that might be part of it though, right? Like the offense has had so many struggles this year that Kyle is trying so hard to make a play that when he does get a guy and he schemes him open and the offensive line holds up and Garoppolo sees him and throws it and throws it accurately and the ball gets to the receiver, Kyle is like, you have to catch this ball because I don't know if so many things are going to go right next time. And the guy drops it like there's so much anger there because the offense has been struggling. Whereas if they're scoring 30 points a game and you know, Tyree kill drops a pass, Andy Reid doesn't care. They're putting up 30 a game when you're putting up like, like, look at this game, Michelle, the over under for this game is 39. When's the last <laughs> NFL game you can think of that had an over under that didn't at least start with a four. That's it's a brutal over under. And a lot of it has to do with the bears struggles as well. It's not all the 49ers. I true, mean, true. Justin Fields, my dude, I love him, but woo, he's had a rough start to his career. He looks, he looks bad. He looks just as bad as Zach Wilson. You know, Trevor Lawrence started rough. He looked a little bit better. Like the rookie quarterbacks this year, besides Mac Jones have been really, really bad. Um, and Justin Fields has been the worst of them. So that's a big part of this over under being so low. It's like, Will the Bears score a touchdown? We don't know. <laughs> Will Justin Fields turn over the ball five times? Possibly. He God, I hope that. so. <laughs> yeah. So both sides of the ball here. That's just a brutal game for, for offense. Yeah, this there's a reason this game is buried in the one o'clock window for sure. Let's get into that. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll dive into some of the props. And one reason why I think this could be the best game that Justin Fields has had all season long. This is the Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation podcast network. All right, Michelle, let's get into this week eight game from a gambling and fantasy perspective. Before we went to break, I said, I think this could be the best game that Justin Fields has all season. And I'm not going to lie. You can't see it, but she made a face. There was a little face there. Like she thinks I'm full of it. She's not buying it. And let me just say. I think Justin Fields has a massive chip on his shoulder. I think he thought. He was going to be the 49ers pick at three. I don't think anybody was more surprised it wasn't him. 
than him. So I think he's going to want to go out and stick it to the 49ers. And if I'm the Bears, Michelle, here's what I tell Justin Fields. If your first read's not open, run. And if you can't run, we will send someone deep down the field every play. Just throw it because they're probably going to get flagged. And if it's intercepted, we'll deal with it. We'll just make it like a long punt anyway. This is the issue with this thought process is that his team actually is good around him uh, enough to allow him to have a good game. Like, trust me, I'm putting a ton of blame on Justin Fields as well. He does not look good, right? He has to make some more plays where you're like, wow, I see the talent there. And he's not really doing it right now. But his team, the offense is absolutely disastrous. He's been sacked 22 times this year already. Like he's getting zero time to even stand back there. Matt Nagy's the worst coach in the NFL by far. He's the, his game plans are just atrocious. And then his Allen Robinson has totally given up on that team. It, <laughs> one of his interceptions he threw last week, like Allen Robinson just had to put in any effort to catch the ball. And he was like, nah. So like for him to get a pass interference call, he's going to have to try to catch a ball. And I don't think he cares to be on that team anymore. I really don't. So I don't know if anyone around him cares enough to help Justin Fields have success in this matchup. I I have zero confidence in the Bears putting anything together until they fire Nagy, until they change his culture around. He's stuck in a terrible position. Matt Nagy has made the playoffs in two of the last three years and has a better career record than Kyle Shanahan. How do you feel about that? I mean, he's been also, he went to the playoffs at eight and eight and they weren't a very good team. So yeah. it's just the NFC conference is very weak, uh, but yeah, Matt Nagy's bad. It has nothing to do with Matt Nagy making the playoffs. The over-under for Justin Fields' passing yardage in this game, according to DraftKings, is 189 and a half. The 189 and a half in 2021 in the NFL? Like, dudes throw for more than that in the first half of games. Are you going to take the over or the under, or are you not touching this one? I'm taking the under. I mean, he's only done it oh. once this year. He's only done it once. His high is 209 yards, and it was against the Lions. The Lions, like the word, like a terrible pass defense. Uh, he's so that means in six games he has not hit 189 and a half passing yards. So the odds are saying he's not going to hit it. The 49ers are a top 10 pass defense in yards allowed. Now. It's because pass interference doesn't count against them, right? <laughs> so, but if that's the case, like he's not, if Justin Fields throws the ball deep and there's a right. pass interference call, that doesn't count for him. That's why Carson Wentz didn't hit his over last week. We both said, you know, we expect him to hit his over. Neither guy did it, Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz, but Wentz would have. It's just every call was a, a flag. I don't know if I could watch a game. <laughs> With an over-under of 189 and a half, and I take the under. Like, you know the stress that that would put me under, Michelle? Yeah, it wouldn't be fun to watch. You can't no. watch the game. If you take the under, you can't watch it. The over-under for passing touchdowns for Fields is 0.5. Like, Vegas is like, we don't even know if this guy's going to throw a single <laughs> touchdown. And it's against the 49ers I think, defense. I think he will. I would take the over on that. I think he can get a touchdown. Because, like I said, if he gets a pass interference call and they – you know, get him down to the 10 yard line, then there's a chance he can throw a touchdown. He did do it in the two games prior to last week. Um, so it's only been one touchdown though. Like I would never bet on two, but I think he can get, <laughs> I think he could throw one single touchdown in this game. Yes.
Well, I think the Niners are going to turn the ball over and they're going to put him in a position to get touchdowns. I don't think he's going to have to drive all the way down the field because that's what the 49ers do. They freaking hand the ball to the other team. They are the biggest charity case in the NFL. So I wouldn't be stunned at all. I think I agree with you. I would take the over on the field's touchdowns. How about this? Jimmy Garoppolo's over under for passing yards is not much better than Justin Fields. 209 and a half. This is a Kyle Shanahan offense we're talking about, and this is where the over-under is. Like, that's how broken this offense is right now. The Vegas is like, yeah, maybe he throws for 209 yards, but we'll take those bets. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to bet on that one because Jimmy Garoppolo has looked bad, but it was in the rain. I, I think he could still get the over. I do think their game plan in this game should be to run. Run often with Elijah Mitchell. Uh, but I still wouldn't want to like that's a low over-under. I think he can hit over that. No struggles would surprise me with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I, I think I would stay away. I think you're right. He probably will, but I'm not super confident in that. So I would probably stay away from it. As you look at some of the rest of the over-unders for this game, what is the, what's the bet you're most confident in? So I'm smashing both of the running backs on both sides of the ball. Elijah Mitchell over seven. Yes. <laughs> uh, I do not want them to smash into me, but I'm smashing. They're over for rushing yards. 72 and a half for Elijah Mitchell. Um, the Bears have been, you're able to run on the Bears as of late. A big injury you need to pay attention to is Akeem Hicks. For the Bears, he's like their entire run defense when he's in. They're pretty solid uh, against the run, but you can, I mean, I still would feel safe betting the over either way, but if Hicks is out, I am smashing, smashing this over so hard. Um, he has a groin injury right now. He missed last game. He's been limited in practice. So keep an eye on that. But over the last two weeks, the bears have given up 144 rushing yards to Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones combined uh, for the Buccaneers last week. And then the week before that, 135 rushing yards to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon combined. So, and Elijah Mitchell's getting all the carries in this backfield. Jermichael Hasey only had three carries last week, and it should be all going to Elijah Mitchell. He looks really good. Love, love that over for him. And then on the other side of the ball, Cahill Herbert. Um, I'm smashing that 63 and a half rushing yards for him as well. Like, I prefer this bet over Elijah Mitchell's because Herbert has seen 18, 19, 18 carries in the last three games and has had over 75 rushing yards in each of them. They're only giving him 63 and a half rush yards. That makes no sense to me. I know Damian Williams is back, but he was barely involved in the game plan last week. And then his over under and rush attempts is 15 and a half. Like I said, he's hit that each of the last three weeks. Love both of those overs. If Elijah Mitchell does not get 72 and a half yards, things have gone very, very wrong for the 49ers. Unless Justin Fields is just throwing pick sixes left, right, and center, which is a possibility yeah. too. But they should feature Elijah Mitchell. And I think part of the problem why he's not getting more love is their struggles on third down. They were one for 11 on third down last week. And that one didn't even come until the third quarter. Like that's how tied this offense has been. It's like, they can't do anything on third down. So they basically have two downs to try and get down the field or at least get a first down. You can't operate like that. Hopefully this is the game where we see at least some rhythm from the 49ers offense where they can sustain drives. They can get down the field. They can use Elijah Mitchell and really pound the ball with him. I feel like so much of the Niners offense is predicated on first down, right? If they, if they throw on first down and it's incomplete, I feel like that just totally changes the whole possession for Elijah Mitchell, because 
if the Niners are struggling to run at all, Kyle's going to just say, screw it. We need to pass because we don't want to get into third and long. So it's just, it's so hard. It's such a struggle offensively for the Niners right now. But stick with what you do best. Give it to Elijah Mitchell. I don't know that I would take the over on the carries because it's 17 and a half. But I think the over on yards is a good bet. Yeah, and he's been killing it. Like, he's been very efficient. And talking about that third down efficiency for the 49ers, this is the perfect group uh, for this game. And this is why the over-under in points is so low. The Bears are actually worse than the 49ers in third down efficiency. They're last in the NFL. The 49ers are 30th in the NFL. This, (laughs) These two offensive teams, this is going to be a really gross pairing. But, hey, at least you have the upper hand there by, by a little bit. Well, this is the frustrating thing. I feel like we have done this for multiple weeks now, for every week of this four-game losing streak, you know, because we try to be positive and we try to preview the game and we'll say, oh, well, let's look. Let's look at the defense the Niners are playing. Oh, the Packers, you know, their defense is not very good. The 49ers should be able to move the ball against them. The Seahawks defense, they're terrible. The Niners are going to move the ball. Same thing with the Colt. Like, when you turn the ball over, it doesn't matter how bad the other defense is. You're you can't score points. And I feel like that's why I agree with everything you're saying, right? There are so many indicators that say that the 49ers should be able to move the ball and that they should win this game. But when you are a charity case, like the Niners are, and you are giving the football away to the other team, none of that matters. And whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's Trey Lance, whether it's Brian Hoyer, whoever the hell is playing quarterback for the 49ers, they turn the ball over. And until they stop that, they can lose to anybody. And I will say this might be a game where Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't turn over the ball as much because the Bears, all of their like their top two sack leaders, and they've been fantastic this year. Khalil Mack, six and six sacks this season, tied for seventh in the NFL, and Robert Quinn, five and a half sacks this season, tied for twelfth in the NFL. They both are likely to miss this game. At least Mack is very likely to miss the game with a foot injury. Robert Quinn was put on the reserve COVID list last week. It's kind of up in the air if he's going to be activated for this game or not, but that would be huge. They're not going to be able to get as much pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo to make him, you know, cause those errors, cause those bad throws that Garoppolo makes, you know, a few times a game. But if he has time in that pocket, then he should be fine. I am a little bit worried that this game's in Chicago. You know, it, it just seems harder to play in Chicago. If it was, if it was in uh, San Francisco, I'd feel much better about this game, but they have to cover four points. Do you think they win by four points? Uh, I guess they need to win by five. The fact that the 49ers are favored is like, if they're playing almost anybody else in the league, there's no way the Niners are favored in this one. They have not beaten a team by more than one score in over a year, which is incredible. Um, I don't know about the, honestly, like I can't, I can't pick them to win. I'm picking the bears to win because the 49ers just keep, finding ways to make inferior opponents or teams we think are inferior opponents look good. And they do it again and again and again. So I have said, I'm not going to pick the 49ers to win again until they actually do. But at least one thing, like you mentioned the home road thing, 49ers have been terrible at home recently, just horrible. I think they were one, they have one win in their last like 10 home games, something like that. So I'm glad this game is on the road. I don't know if you've heard, but everybody and their mother's talking about how Jimmy Garoppolo is from Chicago and he's got so many friends and family and maybe he'll be more comfortable. I don't know about any of that. Here's what I know. This is the last start that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to make for the San Francisco 49ers. 
Trey Lance has been limited in practice both days this week, but Kyle Shanahan said something that really solidified this for me. He said he thought Trey Lance was, quote, ready to take off after the Arizona game that he started. And he said he was really looking forward to Trey being able to come back the next week, especially with Jimmy banged up. Well, Trey had the knee injury. He couldn't come back the next week. But that, to me, Michelle said, hey, I wanted to go with Lance at that point, but he couldn't because Lance was injured. And think about the schedule for the 49ers if that had been the case. They play the game against the Cardinals. Then they have the bye week. Then they have this Bears game. And then they would play Arizona. So what you essentially would have had if things had gone the way I think Kyle wanted them to go is you would have had Trey Lance installed as the starter for a month before he had to play a divisional game again against what will be the Cardinals. So I think that was originally the plan, and then the knee injury for Lance derailed it. Yeah, and I think if they had Lance last week as the starter, there it would have been a closer game. It would have come down you know, more to the last second. I think they even could have won because the Colts were having a really hard time stopping the run. And if you mm-hmm. add in Trey Lance into that situation and then – you know, you would expect them to throw deeper sometimes with Trey Lance's arm. Uh, I, I think they actually could have won that game. I wish he was here in this game. I would love to watch Justin Fields and Trey Lance start. Uh, oh, that would be such a fun, uh, a much more exciting game to watch than yes. Jimmy Garoppolo versus Justin Fields. Uh, it will stink if Trey Lance starts the rest of the season. And it was like, wow, we just missed the cutoff of seeing yeah. Fields and Lance. But I wish... Lance was healthy for this game. He looks good out there in practice. I mean, they showed him running around and I think he's going to play. You think so? Yeah. I think he's going to play some, um, that'd be another thing too, right? Like, wouldn't that just twist the knife? If Kyle Shanahan loses this game and the guy that he could have picked at three beats him like that would, that would be like the most depressing loss of the Kyle Shanahan era. Uh, and that seemed to set that bar every single week, but I think Trey's going to play. I think he's going to get on the field. I think it would be worse if Mac Jones beat you guys. Yeah, maybe. The thing with Mac is like, you could have stayed at 12 and gotten Mac, you know? It's all about the way the 49ers reacted to possibly taking him. It was so dramatic and so ridiculous and so rude. And Mac Jones is doing his damn thing. I know he has Bill Belichick, but he has no wide receivers. I mean, look at the guys he's throwing to. Um so, I mean, I'm proud of Mac Jones. Just the way that he was hated this this offseason and going in the draft. I know Trey Lance and Justin Fields are 100 times more exciting. Um, but if Mac Jones were to come and play the 49ers and beat them, I, I think that would hurt a little bit more. See, I don't think you can make any pronouncements one way or another on Trey Lance. Like, I don't, I'm not willing to say Mac Jones is better than Trey Lance. Trey Lance has a start and a half. Like, for sure. I'm not saying that. Trey Lance can still be a hundred times better than Mac Jones. It's the way that it was going to, like, people weren't even going to be fans of the 49ers anymore if they chose Mac Jones. That's how much they hated him. That's the point I'm making here. Trey Lance can still be a way better quarterback. But I think that some of that hate would have come not from the pick of Mac Jones. It would have been the fact that they traded up to three and gave up all that for Mac Jones. If they had stayed at 12 and got Mac, I don't think 49er fans would have been that mad at all. Yeah, true. That's fair. Assuming of course that, that those other guys that Lance and fields were off the board at that point. But I think Trey's going to play. I think hopefully he's going to have some success. And I think that this will be the final start of the Jimmy Garoppolo era win, lose, or draw. The 
the 49ers are going to say Trey is ready. We thought he was ready after that Arizona game and he got hurt. And now that he's healthy, like the time has come. So that will at least be a silver lining for me. If, if I, and if, if the you 40... think, if you think that's the case, sorry to cut you off there, but you have to go pick up Trey Lance in fantasy, right? Because mobile quarterbacks are a complete cheat code. So right now, like this is the perfect example. If you have Jalen Hurts, I have Jalen Hurts everywhere. He's been winning me many fantasy games, but you know, the Eagles are a disaster. Jalen Hurts is not winning them any games. <laughs> and Gardner Minshew sitting back there like Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. is a guy that's interesting to see what you have before the offseason. They might plug him in sooner or later. So if that's the case, go pick up Trey Lance, put him on your bench, wait for him to become the starter. And I think then you have your safety net. If Jalen Hurts is to get benched, you have the next guy to plug in that's going to be that cheat code. Even if he's not a fantastic passer, even if the 49ers are losing, he should still be putting up pretty solid fantasy points with his legs. Yeah, even in the first start against the Cardinals, Lance had 192 passing yards and multiple drops by the wide receivers, but he also had 16 carries for 89 yards. So like, even if he doesn't light the world on fire with passing, like you said, he's going to be able to contribute with his legs. I think in the red zone, that's the other thing. The Niners never got to the red zone with Trey Lance and the Cardinals because they couldn't convert on fourth downs. But I think in the red zone, that's where you're really going to see Trey Lance shine. You're going to see him use his legs. I think you're going to see him do a bunch of fake runs where he does maybe like a little jump pass or something to somebody who ends up wide open in the red zone. So hopefully if he does play, he can get there. And then I think he can cash in on some of those opportunities. Do you think George Kittle comes back next week? Well, everything the Niners are saying is yes, that he looks good. Shanahan said he'd be very surprised if Kittle doesn't come back next week. Uh, Nick Bosa actually had an interesting comment where he said that they really miss Kittle's vocal leadership, um, which God knows the 49ers could use some of that. Um, But yeah, it would be nice to see what the offense would look like with Lance and Kittle and and get everybody back and in the flow. Um, But we'll see. I think Trey Lance is, is going to be the starter going forward. If you told me the Niners had to lose this game to get Trey Lance to be the starter, (laughs) I would sacrifice the game in a heartbeat. Hopefully they don't have to do that. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know if you can afford that. Um, but the, the saints play Tampa Bay this week, which we talked about. And then you have, uh, you have two teams, Atlanta and the Panthers who are both sitting there at three wins, but they play each other. One of them has to lose. So another team's going to be at four or five losses. If it's the Panthers who lose, like you're right in this, you really are, but you can't keep losing. Like you gotta be bears. So I, I don't know if you'll say that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo could beat the bears and still look rough. And they still move oh, on to yeah. Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I, it would be nice. Like, that's what I said after the game. I was like, if you look at what happened in week seven, it was actually really good from the 49ers from a playoff perspective. A win would have really, really helped them last week. Because like you said, Carolina lost to the Giants. <laughs> My God, Carolina lost to the Giants. What a friggin' unbelievable, just what a train wreck they are. <laughs> You're rooting for Dallas big time this week to beat yes, Minnesota. And- Oh, Dak might not play. He Apparently, he ramped it up in practice yesterday and his calf started to act up. So he might not play, which is not what you want from the 49ers because Kirk Cousins has been money late in games this season. But yeah, you're right. Like things can fall the Niners way. They If they win the game this week, like, yes, they will be in the thick of it. But you said it. You can't keep losing and saying, well, we're only one game out. Like just win a damn game. Yeah, (laughs) you got to win this one. You got to win against the Bears and Justin Fields, who has been struggling. You cannot let this rookie quarterback actually have a good game against you because he hasn't had a good game really all season long and 
So it's the 49ers need to show up and their secondary stop, like just cover the guy and stop mauling him. Like, why are you jumping on top of him before the ball gets there? Relax. You're there at this point. Like, just let him catch it. Like, I think I would be less <laughs> upset if the guy actually caught the damn ball than I would be with the pass interference. Like you, your strategy cannot be, well, the ball's coming. What do we do? Well, just hug the guy. Like, no, you're, you're per- these are Josh Norman and Drake Kirkpatrick. They have been in the league for many years. They're both on the other side of 30. Like, you know what to do. It has to be better than this. 14 pass interference penalties this year, Michelle. 14 penalties. It's It's been insane, really. I mean, I felt like any single time that Carson Wentz threw up the ball, you were just mm-hmm. like, well, there it goes. It's going to be a pass interference because they're not going to turn around and look for it. They're just going to jump on top of the guy. That needs to be fixed um, now. I mean, you can't keep doing that. There's You cannot win a game if you're giving up those chunk plays time and time and time and again in a single game. I mean, how many times did it happen last game? That's as much as it was on the offense for losing that game. I mean, you can't just give up that many chunk plays and just expect to win a game. Yeah. And when, when all the team has to do is just throw the ball, I don't care how good your pass rush is. They're going to be able to get a pass off. And apparently that's all it takes against the Niners. I, I gotta at least see some sort of improvement this week. At least let's see the defense not commit those pass interference penalties. Let's let's just try just to be different. Like let's have a game where we don't turn the ball over. That that's allowed. Like I don't know if the 49ers are aware of this, but you don't have to turn the ball over every game. Let's have Jimmy Garoppolo not fumble in a terrible spot. Like just once, just maybe see how it feels a little bit. And we need to see some more sacks. They're averaging two sacks a game. Justin Fields, like I said, has been sacked 22 times this year. They should be able to dominate against the Bears offensive line, get to Justin Fields. Let's see Nick Bosa just like destroy things, make fields, make bad passes, get a couple interceptions. Like this is the game to get going and to get right. It's a perfect matchup for them. Uh, If we're sitting here next week talking about a loss, then I'm sorry. There's not much hope for the 49ers. Yeah. You know what? I think I'm talking myself into taking the over like 39 is so low. I, 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 I don't know if I could take the over. I don't know. It's going to have to be pretty much all of the 49ers. You would hope because if, if the bears are moving the ball and scoring, that's just really bad news for the 49ers. Like I think the way the 49ers win this game is to keep the bears under 10 points, right? Like they shouldn't <laughs> be scoring. They, they shouldn't be like, they've had issues moving the ball, scoring, not turning over the ball all year long. If this is the game that the bears can all of a sudden do that, that's really, um, that's going to be worrisome. I wish I could see, I'm trying to look really quickly. There's no, Oh wait, here we go. First total field goals made in the game over under is three and a half. Maybe this is a game where like Joey Sly for the Niners just ends up kicking like five field goals and they win like 15 to six. Could be. It could be. That seems like a very much a Bears like game. I feel like the Bears just are always in field goal competitions and their kicker always somehow just ruins their life. So do you know that the first start that Jimmy Garoppolo ever made for the 49ers came against the Chicago Bears? And I don't know if you probably. Yes. Well, in that game. Robbie Gold, that was the Robbie Gold revenge game because he kicked, I believe it was, five field goals and the 49ers won the game on a last second field goal. So I think that's literally like the last thing that happened when the Niners played the Bears. 
That's amazing. Yeah, I don't mind taking that over. I wouldn't want to take the over in points, but I might, wouldn't mind taking the over in three and a half field goals. Man, that is such a weird, oddly specific thing to be watching a game for. Like you're sitting there rooting against the team on third down so they could come out and, and kick a field goal. Oh, yeah. this is where we are. This this season has officially gone off the rails now. We're talking about Joey Sly and field goals, for God's sakes. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Gold Diggers podcast. Again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation podcast network. If you already follow us, thank you, thank you, thank you. We do appreciate it. But as you've seen, we do read your ratings and your reviews on the show. If you haven't left one of those for us, please take 30 seconds. It's a little thing you can do. It makes a big difference for us. Michelle, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the game. Are your Steelers off this weekend? I don't even know who they're playing. No, we play the Browns Browns. in Cleveland. Big game, big game. Give me 10 seconds. Do you think they're winning the game? Um, if they, if they call the right game plan, right. If we don't try to run it nonstop because the Browns are good at stopping the run. If we actually challenge their secondary deep. Yeah. I I think they win, but the Steelers come out with stupid game plans all the time. So who knows? Hmm. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to your Steelers. Good luck to my 49ers. And we will talk to everybody next week. Bye y'all. 